Welcome to Spark TO. Meet the speakers who are sparking conversation at Spark the Change Toronto. And uh, welcome to Spark the Change. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Plouffe, and I am part of the organizing team for Spark the Change Toronto for 2017. And I am so pleased to welcome Alison Graham, all the way from London, Ontario. <laughs> so far the away. Of progress. What's that? The center of progress. You know? Center of progress. So far away. I love it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank um, you. We're very excited because the Resiliency Ninja is part of our program. <laughs> Part of our, uh, remember, we're recording this for video. No, that's good. It's out there. <laughs> She's part of the uh, the speaker lineup. Oh, where did my thing go? Um, for Spark the Change this year. And you are closing out day one. I am really looking forward to it. I've met the other speakers. So I'm looking as forward to hearing from them. <clears throat> Excuse me. As uh, I'm looking forward to sharing. It's going to be a great day and uh, two days going to be a great two days and we're we're really excited and so you are you are our our after nick and rich person um which is awesome and then we're gonna we're, we'll jump right in um uh, and just read the um the description of allison's talk and then i'm gonna throw it to allison to describe herself because i've got your awesome story but i think it's one that that's worth you sharing out loud it'll it'll make a lot more sense than me just reading it sure. and how you've become a ninja, I tell you, we need to schedule another conversation because I think we could have a lot to talk about. Um, so how to be a resiliency ninja. Stress, obstacles, and adversity are facts of life. It's as if we're all playing an invisible game of whack-a-mole behind our backs, swatting down one problem just in time for another to erupt. How do you bounce back and succeed no matter what challenges get thrown at you? In this highly relatable and entertaining presentation, now you've put the pressure on, just saying. Alison Graham will share her formula to become a resiliency ninja. And spoiler alert, we are giving away, um, as part of people coming to Spark the Change, uh, a copy of your new book. Yay! Yay! Married my mom and birthed a dog, which we're going to have to <laughs> chat about that. Um, so it was very cool because on the speaker's call that we had on Friday that you referenced, you talked about, um, which is so true, Within the agile and change community, we often talk about disruption and, and all that kind of stuff. And, but that's a controlled disruption. And what you talk about is the impact of disruption that's outside of your control. Right. So if you're on the receiving end in an organization of somebody coming in and saying, okay, we have to do this, 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 you know, you give them the tools to handle that. So talk a little bit about you and, and how you became a resiliency ninja. And then we'll, we'll jump into the the other nitty gritty. Yeah. So it all began in what I call my decade of hell. And, <laughs> it's you know, a positive title. It, absolutely. And, and I think so many of us are going through challenging times in our personal life. And yet we show up in business or at our jobs and we have to keep a smile on our face and pretend like nothing's happening. Yeah. And I was living for this long period of time, what sort of like this on off existence. So I would be on when I was, you know, doing media interviews or uh, doing my client work and, you know, speaking and consulting. Mm -hmm. And then I would go behind the scenes and I would collapse. Yeah. And there was such a judgment 
that came from that personally. And yeah, no, I can. Yeah. So from one type A to another, knuckle bump. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, come on. Why are you on the couch? And, and here I have, you know, severe neuropathic pain that uh, I still have today, but I I'm really done well at managing now. And I had uh, six people in my life who were really important to me die within a very short period of time after my fifth surgery. And then there were these eight random injuries, like breaks, like, and, and like not only one of them was my fault. I was, I was texting and walking in wet um, flip-flops. So I, I split my toe. <laughs> it wasn't good. But everything else was random. What did we learn? Right. Do not text and walk in wet flip-flops. That's what we learned. Okay. That was it. And so there were things like I was doing this team building exercise with NASCARs and I, you know, I couldn't lift the tire and I'll tell this story actually on, uh, at the event. And, uh, so know, that's going to be interesting, I'll tell you the story, but it was, it was this feeling like, you know, that proverbial fan, you know, and it's like, it doesn't have a speed of gentle. Yeah. I called myself God's hacky sack for a little while. There you go. So, and I think we all go through times in our life like this and yeah. we're rarely ever having the conversation. And so, you know, we talk about disruption and a lot of times you're right. It's about how do we want to disrupt? How do we want to change? What do we want to accomplish and see and all of that? And then there are these other times when you're like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. And how am I going to keep going on my path and succeeding? And especially like me as a pain patient, I've really made it a very, uh, you know, been very focused on not allowing that to become my identity. Yes, because it can become your story, and I, yeah. And I yeah, go ahead. So I'll I'll bring, I'll bring up the workshop later, but it's I so identify with what you're saying. Yes, hundred well, percent. And the thing is, and then we become a victim. Yep. And I believe in our lives there is as, as things come at us, as challenges happen, that we have a choice. So there there are moments, and for me, there were like moments along the path. When I could either say, hey, yes, I'm going to allow this and I'm going to go down and be a victim, right? go to victimhood and live there and, you know, be comfortable in my sorrows, give up on my dreams. Which people or, have done. Right. And a lot of people do it. And, or I'll become a, what I called a resiliency ninja. <laughs> and my hope is that by the time we're all leaving the audience or the conference on day one, everybody's going to be for chying. Okay. <laughs> So your ending music, your exit music could be, and everybody was Kung Fu fighting. (laughs) Well, and there's that other song, uh, the ninja song, My Inner Ninja. No. Yeah, it's great. That's actually a really good theme song. Although I find it harder to dance to, but (laughs) we'll find it for the conference. We can hook you up because okay. uh, last year we used the um, the twentieth century fox dun, da, 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 to let people know that they had to come back into the conference and stuff. So we are really open to musical suggestions. Okay, well I will find the song and send it your way. Done. Yeah. So it all went through that, and then I think I got to a point, and I people say, okay, well when did your decade of hell end? And I'm like, well that's an ambiguous the fact that it might have ended. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're You're implying going. that it's over. Right. And because we still go through things. So every day I have to manage the self-doubt. I have to manage the internal messenger of bullshit. Yeah. I will definitely. Monkey brain. Yeah. Um, managing the pain. 
and not allowing that. And then the ups and downs of running a business as well. And so I practice all the tools and, you know, sometimes the the joke around the house is, and so what would a resiliency ninja do? You just want to punch him in the face. That's right. (laughs) So anyhow, I don't uh, do that. It's just a suggestion. No, I would not. And it's my mom. Don't forget, right? Don't punch your mother. What's that? I said, don't punch your mother. No, I wouldn't dare. She's a saint. Yeah. Yeah. So the story with her, so people say like the married by mom. Well, I was told to go on disability mm-hmm. by the doctors and I just kind of said, no. Yeah. I saw um, here you said, dis- uh, so I'm just going to, I'm going to interrupt her for just a quick second. Cause Allison's got a terrific bio here that sort of gives the timeline of, of how crap went sideways. And she said by 2009, um, we're going to go back. So just to explain a little bit about what Allison's talking about is um, she went in for a simple surgery and came out with numerous complications, including permanent damage to her two main pelvic nerves. And even if you have no anatomy background, so I have a background in healthcare, understand that your pelvic nerves are affected every time you sit, stand, bend, whatever. They're all involved in that process or impacted by that process. So every time Allison moves, especially in an acute state, these nerves are going, no, I don't think so. I think we're going to make it really hard for you to function today. And so by 2009, doctors told Allison to go on government disability, take pain pills for the rest of her life, and give up on her professional expectations. I like this quote. Allison said, screw defeat. (laughs) She set her sights on becoming a resiliency ninja. And here we are talking today. Oh, your mom lives with you? Yeah. Oh my God. That's so nice. Well, it it is lovely. It, it, I'm very thankful. But the reason she came, like I was a very independent, strong woman setting, you know, ready to set the world on fire at 32 years old. Yeah. And my mom lived an hour and 10 minutes away, which was actually, in my opinion at the time, a perfect distance. <laughs> right? And now. I love you, mommy. <laughs> So I love my mom. Uh, My dad had actually died two years before. And so did my grandma. And so mom was very isolated back home too. She had a great life and her friends and everything, but she didn't have my dad. And uh, so when, when the doctors were like, okay, this is serious and you need to get out of denial. Cause I just thought I was going to live on adrenaline and fight through the pain for the rest of my life. And they're like, that's not going to work. It's going to catch up with you. Well, you have a finite amount of cortisol that your body will produce, and then you just go into a whole nother level of inflammation and yuckiness. So, yeah. and I was definitely hitting that that burnout. Yeah, and so I really looked at it because I was a business consultant, still am, on how to you know, and so I have a very business like mind, and I'm like, all right, well, this is a problem, and we are going to fix the problem. Right, my and- dog's joining us again. Just oh, good. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Winston's not here. Normally, for all of my calls, he's sitting in the back couch there. Just yeah. uh, Apparently, she needs to rearrange her bedding right now. So if you can hear that, I'm really yeah. sorry. <laughs> totally good. This is the fun of working from home as an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, where were we? We were talking about, uh, oh, so then, no, where were we? Mom. Mom, yeah. So consultant, I, one still of my a consultant. Things- yeah, one of the things was I, I can't do certain things anymore. So I can't hire a chauffeur. Right. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, but I can ask mom if she'll come to town and drive me to my clients two and a half hours away so yeah. I can function and then drive me home and then so I can collapse. And, She's like your Uber. Yeah, she was totally my Uber back to She's your Uber. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then it morphed, right? She became, and anybody who's gone through difficult times will relate to this. She became my rock. She really became what I call my significant other. Like mm -hmm. the conversation she and I would have would mirror, you know, the conversations my friends were having with their husband. Right. And of course, my goal at the time was to find, but don't worry, I can hear. hear I love her so much, but seriously, this dog is just going to make me clinical. <laughs> Any road. They're such a source of joy, aren't they? Kind of like kids, they can go either way on a good day. <laughs> so your mom is your mover and you're having this conversation. She, she came, she became my rock. She became that person and probably I would say the only person who knew the extent of everything that was happening. Right. The level because, of your pain. Right. And so what I would do is I would have a break, but then I wouldn't see people for, you know, six months. So they may see me with a cast on my foot but they weren't going to see me with a cast on both wrists, <laughs> right? Like I would split them up because remember there were eight breaks, right? Oh, you weren't kidding. Oh no. No. Why do people always think I'm joking about that? That's a lot of broken stuff. Yeah, I know. Are yeah. you done? Uh, oh yeah. Knocking on, you know, this is a nice teak desk. I think that qualifies as a good wood. So at the wow. beginning of 2015, I asked the universe, <clears throat> To stop breaking you? <laughs> yes. I said, would you please nudge me in a more gentle direction? Oh, that was very polite of you because I would have been doing double barrels. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, you know, I'm done. I'm good. You've broken pretty much everything that I've got. So yeah. I don't really want to offer you anything else. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I don't know who that is, but we're just going to do that. So, um, but I think I went through all that because the real thing I want to be sure that I get across is it's not about my story. I mean, we've all had shit happen to us. Yeah. It's about how do we choose to bounce back and what can we do in the face of adversity or obstacles that are put in front of us or stress and how can we better manage ourselves and the circumstances around us even right. when we have no control. So to so we understand now. So one of the things we try and do on the podcast is establish everybody's, you know, it sounds so awful, like level of expertise or what have you. Um, so we understand now where your resiliency is built from, which is awesome because a lot of people would have collapsed instead yeah. of you know standing up. So how did you end up coming to get connected with Spark? Well, I was researching, uh, I didn't even think I was, re I think I just saw it and I heard about it last year and then I reached out to Jason. That little troublemaker. I know, but I was relentless. I didn't stop because he's like, oh, <laughs> I send in the information and I'm like, so have you made a decision yet? And there was just something that drew me to it. I, and I probably followed up with him like seven or eight times. And he's like, <laughs> we haven't made a decision yet. We haven't made a decision yet. And I'm like, okay, okay. But when you do, and yeah. I just felt like it's such an important conversation. I love how it, it's really an authentic experience. Like you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, sponsors and there's no sponsors. So, yeah. So just to, just to clarify what, what you're talking about, cause Katie and I touched on this briefly is that for spark to change. Um, and, and again, and I said the same thing to Katie, it sounds so awful. We don't accept just anyone. We're very picky about who gets in front of our audience because we want to make sure that it's not a 20 minute commercial and, and what have you. And we've been extremely fortunate to have such a high caliber of speakers so far that the, you know, the reputation of Spark is, is set on that. Yeah. So 
for just to let everybody know, you know, Jason doesn't ignore people, but that's why it took seven, eight times because yeah. we have to let everybody apply. And then we vet, like as a team, we go through and research the person and look over their talk and just see if it's going to fit and provide value to the people who are paying to come and be um, educated. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it it takes that. Right. And for the record, he was very polite the whole way through. Oh, he is. Oh, no. He's a lovely little robot wrangler. Like we, I just love him to death. Yeah. But yeah, he also travels like a crazy person. So he's, you know, I think he's, he's either coming back. I think he's coming back right now from Helsinki or so, I don't know. He's all over. Wasn't, the place. wasn't he in Amsterdam when we had our call last week or something? Like something? Yes. Or I don't know where he was. He was, he was down the road from uh, Luke. Just <laughs> kind he's of right. Jason was at the airport. Luke was at his house, and they were like five minutes apart. It was. Bizarre. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So that's very cool. So one of the things on the speakers call that that you started talking about was um, people recognizing the continuum challenge or the challenge continuum. And what you help them do through the Resiliency Ninja program, which I, is that the right phraseology? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is help them step into their full potential and overcome the self-doubt and the judgment. And, you know, we all go through imposter syndrome and all of those things. And it's whether you allow those, you know, the monkey brain time to prevent you from reaching your goals or whether you recognize it for what it is and fill your toolbox with the things that you need to go, okay, it's okay that that's happening. It's okay that monkey brain is telling me I'm whatever. That's going to pass and I'm going to keep moving forward anyway. Exactly. And, you know, it's a skill that takes some time to learn, I think. And you mentioned the continuum of challenges. And I think this is so vital because I'll start when we talk about um, the Resiliency Ninja formula, talking about this, and it's so important. So your stress your obstacles and your adversity mm-hmm. are three different buckets of challenge. Absolutely. And most of the time when we talk about stress, we do stress tests, we do all this kind of stuff. We bucket it all together Yeah. as if we can deal with them all the same way. And so I used to be like that. I, I just treated everything was like stress. Well, no grief and somebody who you care about dying is an adversity. It's never going back to the way it was before. No. And so I think that is one of the elements of this talk uh, and this whole program for Resiliency Ninja that is resonating so well with people because they're like, oh. I get it. That's why when I do this over here, it doesn't work over there. Yeah. But also, t- here's an interesting thing because my dad died when I was 20. And I was in my first year of my first time going to college, which I've, I've now gone to college three times. I apparently just need to go there a lot. Um, and I remember saying to my mom shortly after, probably about two months after he passed away. Seriously, Brandy. Cool. She's trying to take off. <laughs> she just keeps flapping. Um, but saying to her, like, I'm having a really hard time, one, handling other people because they would have these little petty whatevers. And I'd be like, really, you need some perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was not shy about voicing it that way. And she was terrific. And one of the best things that anybody said to me, two things that people said to me, I was so sick and tired of hearing I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Because that statement is more about how you feel than about how I feel. Well, and I just said it. That's what our culture says. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. And my friend Tammy's mom said to me, you know what? That just sucks. Yes. And such a release. I look, I said, thank you so much for saying that because that's exactly it. It just sucks. 
And then my mom said to me, well, of course you're having a hard time. I think you need to really understand what's happened here <laughs> because there's that whole processing time, right, of, of truly understanding the finality of the situation. And then I was an executor at 20, didn't know we were executors, you know, all these, because it was very unexpected and all these other complicating factors, going to school at the time, da, 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 da. I was in an all-female residence, don't ever do that, that's a lot of estrogen. <laughs> Um, and I think at that age, you don't have those tools. And if you don't make an effort to learn those tools throughout your life, you can have these things which are going to happen to you. I can't think of one person in my life who's never had a coconut thrown at them with no warning. It's going to derail you. It's going to mess things up and allow you to get off track. So you sharing your story is so important because you're going to give that aha moment, that tool to somebody to say, oh, it's okay I'm feeling the way I'm feeling and here's what I can do when I'm feeling that way. No, it's interesting. I love the phrase you said where your friend Tammy's like just said, that sucks. Yeah, it was perfect. And, you know, the, um, the subtitle of this is how to be resilient when life sucks. Oh, <laughs> that worked I don't out. know if you knew that. <laughs> I didn't. We've got about two minutes left. So oh, do we? So, yeah. because I think though that's part of an important conversation because you know what? Sometimes just that sucks. Yeah. And that's the reality we're living with. And so, how do we move forward with it? Yeah. And so to tie that into the whole agile change thing, um, which is not as remote as people might think, is that when somebody's coming into your organization and you've set things up a certain way, um, half the team might be very open to the changes that are being suggested and others might just be completely knocked out of their comfort zone. And that then sets up a whole other series of blocks about accepting what's being said to you or learning from it or what have you. And if they're not given the tools before the change, then getting the buy-in to the change that you need as an organization and as a person, you know, an agile or change management person going in and making those suggestions You've just tripled your anxiety factor on getting people on board. Absolutely. So taking your tools and helping people to understand, look, yes, this is going to be disruptive. Here's how to manage those feelings. Here's who to talk to. This is why we're doing the the stand-up coffees. This is why we're doing the check-ins with, you know, the Kanban. And this is why we're doing these things is to give you those tools to manage those feelings of and get on with what you need to do and go very cool. I'm very excited about this. I love those kinds of talks where you're like, you get inspired and educated at the same time. I love that. Well, that's my hope. So I'm looking forward to being part of it and seeing everybody there. What's high expectations. It's two weeks today. Oh my goodness. You will be like 12 hours past done or something at this point in three weeks. Wow. I know. How cool is that? Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So we are, See, this is somebody, I will call you back. So we are at, uh, it's 2017.sparkthechange.ca if you'd like to check out the entire program. It's also where you go to register. Um, on our speakers page, you can meet our speakers and I'm, I'm looking at two screens, so that's why I'm doing this. All right. Um, meet our speakers and, and see who's coming up and read a little quick snippy of their bio. We're on Twitter at sparkconf, C-O-N-F-T-O. And then you can learn more about Allison at elevatebiz.com which is very cool. You've got a lot of great videos to show you in action and, and talk about your book and um, for the love of God, dog. 
And you also have an event coming up the next day on June 13th, back out in London, the Canadian Club of London. Yes, I'm excited to speak there too, because I used to be on the board of the Canadian Club before all this happened. And now they've invited me to be their uh, last speaker for the year. So and is this a new book as well, The Business Cards to Business Relationships? That actually is my former book. So, Ooh, I, oh, I need, I need that. Yeah, this one is all about how to network and how to build influence and get to the right tables. And, uh, okay, so, wait, so how do I get that? That one is available on Amazon. Wiley published that, so you can get that through any, any book retailer. It's available. It's called From Business Cards to Business Relationships. I have a women in business networking group called Ballsy and I'm actually, I'm leading a workshop tonight on with, with um, Pam Mulhall, who's a focal point uh, coach on networking. And my my focus is on, you know, people undervalue their online presence for networking and what they should be doing using social media appropriately and whatever to build their network. So that's where I, I'm going to buy your book. (laughs) Because I get a copy of the other ones. I, I will bring a couple in my hand. For oh, you. you should. I will. Okay, cool. Um, and then you can find Allison on LinkedIn, just under Allison Graham with two L's. And what else do we have? And your Facebook, Resiliency Ninja on Facebook as well. Yes. And you're at Resiliency Ninja for Twitter as well, right? Uh, well, Allison D. Graham. So I have I own Resiliency Ninja, but everything's Allison D. Graham and We'll talk about branding off air. (laughs) We will. Well, there's a reason for it, though, because remember, I still have the Elevate Biz. So Elevate Biz, Elevate Your Life is the Resiliency Ninja. Right. Double Your Business is Elevate Biz. So I'm doing both streams because I still have all my business and corporate clients. We'll talk. We'll figure it out. It's all good. So... Thank you so much for joining me. This is, you have been your speaker number three today, which has been awesome. So with Spark the Change, we have speakers coming in from Washington, from London, Ontario, from Belgium, um, from, I think Paul's coming in from Boulder, Colorado, Boulder, 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 Colorado. And I've had coffee today. You think this shouldn't be happening. So we've got a really diverse and international group that's coming in to meet in Toronto and, and gather at the ROM and play with the dinosaurs and spark change and all that great stuff. So any final wise words? What's somebody that something that somebody could do today to be a resiliency ninja? Put you on the spot. Uh, listen to what they're saying inside their head and catching themselves when the internal messenger of bullshit is showing up and telling lies. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Uh, I like it. Then put that out of the way. <laughs> We're going to karate chop the shit out of that. That's right. If that's the one swear word today. Yay. <laughs> Just one. Just one. Today. So thank you so much for joining me, Allison. I really appreciate it. And like I say, guys, two weeks, three weeks today, you'll be able to come to Spark the Change and meet Allison on Monday anyway. Um, and, and she's zipping off Monday night to go and inspire some more people in London, which is awesome. And you get to meet the whole team. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. And please visit us at sparkthechangetoronto.ca to learn more. Or you can follow us on Twitter at sparkconfto.